Hello, this is Alan Shipnuck back with another podcast for The Knockdown. Thanks, as always, for listening. Uh, we appreciate your loyalty. Our guest this time is Tony Finau, young up-and-coming pro who's been killing it on tour lately. Uh, no surprise that he leads in driving distance, but he's top 10 in a bunch of other stats as well, including FedEx Cup points. Um, it's been a long, improbable journey to get to this point, and it's really one of, one of the better stories in golf. So let's get to it. Tony, thank you for being here. No problem. Thanks for having me on. You've been, you've been killing it lately. What's Thanks. your secret? <laughs> uh, there, I don't know if there's a secret, but I've, you know, I've been playing some steady golf for a while, and uh, it's been fun just competing and playing and learning. I think it's the biggest thing. You, know, you got to try and learn from mistakes that, I, that I've made and maybe early in my career, and um, kind of all those things have kind of added up. And um, definitely, I think, progressing. My game is definitely progressing. When you're on the leaderboard so much, but you haven't quite broken through for, mm -hmm. for a win, how, yeah. how hard is it to stay patient? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's tough to stay patient. You know, I think mostly, um, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all about winning. You know, sports is always about winning. Everybody talks about it. That's, that's what you want to do as a, as a player. Um, but I know for sure that, you know, just, just looking at my results and, and my body of work, um, not only physically, but, you know, mentally, emotionally, I feel like I'm a lot better player than I've ever been. Um, so I know the, the results will take care of themselves. It's, it's definitely tough to stay patient at times, but um, you have to, you know, what else, what else are you going to do? You know, so, uh, you know, I do my best to stay patient, but I, you know, I'm playing some good golf and um, I do feel like, um, you know, the more I knock on the door and, and put myself in contention, uh, a win's going to come, you know, it's, it's, it's evident to me. So I, I just keep doing, just keep doing what I'm doing. I know I'm getting better and that's all you can do is just try and progress in, in your own life and in your own game. It's kind of mysterious, right? How do you win? It's, it's hard to define. It's hard to wrap your arms around it. It yeah. just sort of happens by accident? Or what's your take on that? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't, think it, I don't think it happens by accident. But um, you have to set, set yourself up um, just the way you live, the way you um, go about your business. Just set yourself up for, for winning, you know, I think. Um, and, and it's a process. You know, everybody talks about it. I think it's definitely a process. It's a process. Uh, it's been a process for me. And, you know, I feel like, you know, throughout my junior career, my amateur career, you know, the web.com, the PJ Tour, I, you know, I've, I've proven to myself that I'm a winner. And, uh, you know, it's been a couple of years, but I still have that attitude. You know, I think you have to if you're going to continue to compete at a high level. So, you know, I don't think anybody can wrap their finger around exactly um, how, you, you know, how you win or when you're going to win or anything like that. But you try to each day, I think, um, you know, you gotta you gotta be excellent and and do things excellent before you actually achieve what you want to. We're sitting in the locker room here in, at Chapultepec in Mexico City. Did you know this is your 100th start on the PGA Tour? I didn't know that. Yeah, you're the first person to tell me that. That's Not awesome. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I think uh, having my 100th start in in a you know special place like Mexico is pretty awesome. I mean, it's a milestone, right? You had, you yeah. had to scratch and claw to get out here. Yeah, so. no question. And I, I know when you came up, you were kind of wide-eyed and in yeah. awe of everything, and now you're a veteran and you're, you're established. But <laughs> I don't know about that, a veteran, but oh, you're, you're getting I don't know if Tony. I'm ready to take on that title yet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do, you, do you still have that sense of wonder when, when you show up at a big tournament or you see you know, Tiger or Phil or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's quite a bit different than my rookie year, for sure. My rookie year, um, you know, I was used to watching these guys on TV. And the next thing you know, I was sitting by them on the range and playing in the same golf tournament. It was, it was a bit of a change for me. It was kind of overwhelming. But, um, you know, now my fourth year, I've definitely got accustomed to it. And I just, I think 
you know, I have respect for all the players, and I think I've earned a lot of their respect. And, and so it's cool to see the guys. Um, I definitely take time to, um, you know, smell the flowers because I feel like I've, you know, my upbringing is quite a bit different than most guys. And, um, uh, you know, the way I was raised and uh, and just, you know, where I came from, I think it's quite a bit different. So I, I have a little different perspective on, uh, I think, on this whole golf thing than, um, than maybe some other players. So I definitely take time to, to realize where I'm at in my life. And I know that I'm blessed. You know, there's no question about it. So I, I live a blessed life, and I try and show it as much as possible. I mean, your journey to the tour is pretty remarkable. Tell me about <clears throat> the mattress in, in the garage. <laughs> That's an important part of your development, right? Yeah, yeah, it really was. So in Utah, you know, I was born and raised in Salt Lake City, Utah. You know, we only have the weather about six months out of the year guaranteed. Outside of that, you can't guarantee anything. You don't know if it's going to snow, rain. So, uh, you know, the six months that the weather was sketchy, you know, my dad had this genius idea if we were going to get better and practice um, we were going to have to figure it out and, and, and do it indoors. So, uh, you know, my brother and I both played, so he had this genius idea to hang a mattress in the middle of our garage and had us both hitting in at the mattress from opposite sides <laughs> so we could hit at the same time. And he just kind of monitor us. And What could go so, wrong? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, I learned how to strike a golf ball. You know, I, the, the piece of carpet we were hitting off was very, very thin, and underneath the carpet was cement. So... I couldn't get too steep. I couldn't hit it thin. You know, where most of the time we're hitting in really cold weather. You know, we didn't have a heater in our in our garage. So those all vivid memories. You know, I've had plenty of calluses. You know, coming from those experiences. And um, but man, you know, I learned how to work hard and in that garage and, and hitting into the mattress. I learned how to hit the ball solidly. And um, and again, I think just just straight work ethic. You know, and in just different circumstances than most guys. You know, but. It was something that I, we had to make work. You know, there was nothing. We didn't have the funds to fly to Florida and, and pay a PGA professional to, you know, take us under their wing and things like that. So it was a humbling experience that I look back on. And, and, but I'm grateful for that, you know, because it's, it's, it's taught me who I am. You know, I've had thick skin. I had to learn how to have thick skin because of the circumstances I grew up in. But, you know, looking back on that, it's, it's, it's created this, um, this work ethic and everything that I've become. Um, is because of those humble beginnings. That's cool. And that's like VJ hitting balls on the <clears throat> beach. You know, that's how he learned. You got to <laughs> yeah. really good contact. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, it, it's part of your biography that you're a basketball player and yeah. you, you had some scholarship offers. Give me a scan report on on the young Tony uh, on the hardwood. Yeah, great rebounder. I played center for our high school. I was a great rebounder. I'm only six four. Um, I learned how to use my lower body really nicely, uh, really well. I boxed out nicely, and you know, I was our leading scorer on the squad, probably best shooter. So, um, pretty good all-around game. You know, I, probably a little short to play, <laughs> to play uh, in the paint. You know, at Division One, but I was being recruited to play shooting guard. So, you know, I had some I had some good skill sets to play basketball. I got long arms, big hands. I could palm the basketball. Um, so those are all things that played into my hands when I played basketball. And, um, you know, I have pretty quick feet, pretty quick release when I shoot the ball. So I feel like I was a pretty well-rounded basketball player. But I, I just enjoyed playing the game more than anything else. I didn't, I didn't have a passion for it like I do golf. Um, so I didn't, I didn't want to pursue it. But it was cool. It was cool to play on my high school team, um, you know, get pretty deep in, the, in our playoffs. You know, just to having the, that competitive atmosphere growing up was, is something that I love. You know, and I look back on it as, you know, I was, I was able to live my life and, and, you know, play a couple different sports, which was great. And now that I'm excelling at golf, uh, I cherish, you know, kind of those, um, those memories for sure. What's the single greatest moment of your basketball career? Two, yeah, two-hand, tom, two-hand tomahawk against, uh, against our rival um, kind of, 
you know, in the in the fourth quarter, was pretty fun. Just uh, kind of sealing the game. I think we went up whatever six or eight with a couple minutes left. And in high school, that's pretty much a done deal because you can just run the clock out. Right, exactly. <laughs> so whenever that was that was our that was our goal. Was like if we had the ball with like a minute and a half left, and and we four were corners, up, baby, and we were up exactly <laughs> the four corners call, and we're just passing around until they foul us. So. Uh, I kind of sealed the game with a two-hand tomahawk, and that was probably the, the peak of my basketball career. <laughs> Do you ever get miffed that people make such a big deal about Dustin Johnson dunking when you've probably got <laughs> better repertoire? Yeah, yeah, no, no, not at all. Dustin Johnson's a great athlete. You know, um, you know I, I think people just haven't seen me play basketball yeah. um, and things, but it's all good. You know, we both play golf, and it's cool to be able to do something else and, and be decent at it. But, you know, I – I enjoy playing basketball. I still play some pickup when I I probably shouldn't, um, but again, as it goes, you know, I, I live I live life and I have fun, and, um, and basketball is just one of one of my favorite hobbies. So, you decide not to play in college. You, yeah. you, you turn pro right out of high school, essentially. Yeah. yeah. What was the rush? Yeah, that's a good question because uh, you know I, I think a lot of people probably have that when they look at my career. You know, why did he turn pro so young? Um, you know. By the looks of it, maybe he wasn't ready or whatever the case. Um, so I had I had a unique opportunity, you know, right out of high school. So I I, com- I verbally committed to play at Brigham Young University, BYU, and I had some friends there that I was going to play with, and I had this unique opportunity to arise uh, to play in this deal called the Ultimate Game. It was it was kind of a one year thing, but kind of winner take alls in Vegas, sweepstakes kind of thing, um, and you know they handpick forty guys to play. And they line them up, you know, line them up for match play. If you win your two matches, you get to stroke play. And stroke play, there's 12 guys, and out of those 12 guys, one of you guys is going to win two million dollars. So, um, a guy approached us in Utah and had this genius idea that my brother and I should, 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 you know, send our application in to be one of the 40 guys. But I mean, it was a big downstroke, wasn't it? 50k or something. 50k per person. So actually, my brother and I both went in, and he wanted to sponsor both my brother and I to get in and play. So. Yeah, so it really was a family decision. So we went in knowing kind of if we got to the finals, we would have to make a decision, but we didn't have to make a decision until then. And I don't know, maybe we thought, you know, I, the way I look back on it, I, I, I didn't think my chances of getting to the finals were very good. I was 17 years old. I felt like I was, I was pretty raw. You know, I hit the ball forever. Yeah. Had some good hands, you know. Um, but as far as the, you know, the whole package of the game, I didn't have. But I was able to cruise through those first two matches and beat, you know, beat a couple of my components um, convincingly. So I got to the finals, and here we were faced with the decision to, uh, you know, take this, you know, try and win this $2 million or, or you know, take the scholarship at BYU. So I just remember it was a family meeting we had for about 30 minutes and going back and forth with ideas. You know, college, I've always thought about going to college. My parents said, hey, we've got a, you know, unique financial opportunity here. And at that same time, Callaway, you know, presented an opportunity where they would sign me for three years if I were to turn pro and give me, you know, some stipend to, to, to pursue my professional career. So that's really what happened. And, and I think just the financial uh, situation our family was in, we felt like it was a gamble that we were willing to take. So that was really it. So I went ahead and turned pro. And unfortunately, I didn't win. But if you look at the field out of those 12 guys, um, half of them are on tour now, which is really cool. Um, I think Strillman was there, Spencer Levine, Scott Piercy won. Um, who else do we have in there? I'm missing a couple guys, but I know there's some great players in that field, and, and I, played, I played well. I was right there until the end, and unfortunately didn't win the $2 million, but there I was, um, 
and I was on my I was on my way in my professional career. So that was kind of the short short story of, of everything that kind of happened. You had some familiarity with money games already, though, right? Yeah. You grew up not so far from Las Vegas. Yeah, what, exactly. What, tell me about that. Yeah. So you know, sometimes in the summer, my brother and I, you know, to make some money, if you know, if we had twenty, thirty bucks in in our pocket, we just drive down to Vegas and then play some money games. We met a lot of guys out there, and we <laughs> knew when the money games were. We knew which courses. So sometimes we would just show up, throw our twenty, thirty dollars in the pot, and and, and make some money. So we were we were not foreign to the. <laughs> I was not foreign to the skins game and and the whole gambling golf game. You know, I. I was doing it for a while before before that. What was the hairiest situation you ever got into in, in a betting game? Yeah, well, the saying is definitely true. You know, Lee Trevino says, you know, pressure is playing with, you know, playing for fifty dollars and you have five dollars in your pocket because I've done I've done some like you know I've done things like that before and I've been in scenarios like that before. But I, one of my favorite stories, my brother and I were down about eight hundred bucks uh, in this skins game. We're playing just a a best ball and not not having our best stuff <laughs> and I don't have $800 <laughs> so you know we're playing against a couple guys in, in Vegas and uh, we get up to this part three and all the skin uh, you know a lot of the holes have kind of carried over and um and I, I you know I end up in a great shot you know and the pins in the back we can't really see it so I hit this shot over the hill and we're all looking for our ball around the greens or whatever so I, I end up making a hole in one and it was, it was crazy. So I end up, you know, we all both end up pocketing about $300 by the end of the day. And that <laughs> hole in one really changed everything. You know, we kind of squared the matchup from there and won a couple holes coming in. And it's uh, <laughs> something I'll never forget because I'm like, I either got nerves of steel or <laughs> somebody's watching out for me because I know for sure I didn't have the money to pay up. So uh, those are just, just some crazy gambling stories that, uh, um, you know, you, you, just, you just learn things about yourself in those situations. I think competing, playing, playing for money you don't have, it's not something I recommend, but uh, it's it's kind of you know the character that I have now and, and the player that I've become is all just from learning who I am through some of those experiences. I mean, not so much about tournament golf though. You see guys on the range; every swing yeah. looks good, every putting stroke looks good. But when you get on the course, <clears> it's so much more about what's inside of you and, yeah. and what you've been through. Right? Yeah, a lot. Of, yeah, a lot of times it is. A lot of times you have to dig deep and um, and just figure out. You know, you've hit all these shots, you know, hundreds and thousands of times before. And, and you just try to execute it, you know, when it counts. That's that's the crazy part about the game. Isn't there a, a, a Lee Trevino story from the Ultimate Game? Where yeah, uh, so yeah, so that that's how I the Callaway contract kind of came about. You know, Lee was with Callaway and told him, you know, he told Callaway about us and things. But so I get on the first hole. The first hole is about 420 yards, and you know, Vegas is probably elevation about 1500 feet. But the first, you know, 420 yards is still still 400 yards and. So he's heard about how far we've hit. He's never seen us hit it. So, you know, they announced me, and this is my first hole as a professional golfer, you know. You turned pro the night before, basically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically turned pro the night before. So, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm up all night just thinking about this tee shot and thinking about this day because I'm like, holy cow, what did I just get myself into? What are you wearing? Just Anywhere. a mishmash of brands and <laughs> logos? We were wearing everything, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I tee it up and, and, and literally just kind of aimed right. I used to hit this high draw. I was like, all right, just hit this thing as hard as you can. And I ended up hitting it on the front of the green. <laughs> on a 420-yard <laughs> hole, and he just kind of looked at me, and he's like, you got to be kidding me, you know, just kind of gave me that look. So that was pretty cool, pretty cool to, to see someone like Lee, you know, with all the golf shots he's seen in his life, um, you know, see me drive the ball and, and give me some uh, give me some dash for that. It was pretty cool. Have you, have you kept in touch with him? Yeah, I have a little bit. Um, you know, I see him around. He's at the Greenbrier every year, so I get to talk to him there. Um, you know, it's kind of crazy. He's – if there's, you know, to me, he's probably the best ball striker that this game has seen but outside of Hogan, you know, between him and Hogan, probably the two best ball strikers, and his move is just so natural. So, I, you know, 
with his story and everything, I think I can kind of relate to him. And uh, it's pretty cool to be able to know him in person now and, and be able to talk to him. Um, I wouldn't say on a regular basis, but I see him annually um, at least and talk to him four or five times a year, which is pretty cool. When you talk about roots, I mean, I know you're very proud of your Tongan Samoan heritage. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, you're number 17 on the Ryder Cup list right now for mm -hmm. represent the, the red, white, and blue. Yeah. So, how uh, how exciting is that possibility, and what does your family think of of the, the chance for you to play for your country and all that? Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. You know, first I I'm you know very proud to be um, Tongan and Samoan and of that descent. You know, both my parents born in the islands and growing up there. And, you know, again, I think just it goes back to, you know, the humble beginnings, really all the way back to my parents. You know, they lived a lot different life growing up than, than even I did, um, a lot more simple life, at least, um, growing up and, and really camping for a living, you know. So, you know, I look at my life now and, you know, the opportunity that I have to possibly play on a Ryder Cup is something that's really special to me. I've watched, I've watched Ryder Cups my whole life and obviously with the array of great talent right now in the U.S. Um, to have the opportunity to play on a Ryder Cup team is something that, you know, would be really special. Um, but, you know, there's a, a few months to go before we could, uh, you know, put myself in that conversation. But um, to have the opportunity and, you know, to see that's a realistic thing is really cool. It's, 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 it's definitely a goal of mine this year. And you know, to be able to represent the red, white, and blue, uh, you know, the country that I was born and raised and where I'm from, is something that I'd be definitely, uh, you know, really, really proud of. Before I let you go, there, there's one, there's one piece of your biography that I always find really moving, which is uh, your mom was killed in a car accident, mm -hmm. and the next day your son was born. Yeah. And that, that kind of that life and death that, that you've lived through, how do you think that shaped you as, as a person? Yeah, I had, to, I had to grow up really fast. You know, life hit me hard, and, and then I was a dad. You know, uh, so two extremes kind of at once. And, again, it just I, I learned a lot about myself just going through those tough times and, um, you know, my family being there for me. Um, you know, God played a great role in my life and um, someone that I look to every day for guidance. So there's just, um, just some of those basic, you know, basic things in my life that uh, I've been able to overcome and, and just become stronger from. I definitely believe in that saying, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. And, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was a tough stretch uh, in my life, but um, going through things like that has helped me and molded me to the player, you know, player that I am, but especially the person that I am. Um, you know, I go through tough stretches in golf, um, but I, I draw back on those experiences and say, man, how bad can it be? You know, I, I've been through worse than this. So, um, you know, I, I live a blessed life and, and I'm happy to be where I'm at and, and, and climbing, you know, not only world ranking, but in, in my life. You know, I have four beautiful kids now uh, and, you know, a beautiful wife who loves me and supports me. So life is life is great for Tony Fino. You know, there's no nobody's exempt from having bad experiences happen in their life. But I've been able to overcome some things in my life that uh, has molded me to a stronger and better person. So, you know, I know I, I know I have plenty of hills to overcome and plenty of things to overcome later in life and as I continue in my life. But um, I know that I live a blessed life for sure. That's great. Well, thanks for taking the time, Tony. I know we're all rooting for you. No, so, thanks, Alan. I appreciate right. it. All right. This is Alan Shipanuk wrapping up another podcast for The Knockdown. Thank you, as always, for listening. We will come at you soon with some more free programming. Uh, signing off from Chapultepec Country Club in Mexico City. Let's do it again soon. Thanks. Bye.